Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Arnie, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's great to have you on here. We're uh, uh, anytime I get to talk about robots, I am, it is my, probably my favorite subject. AI or robots have got to be my number one and number two favorite thing. And you guys all know, all, all the audience knows that I'm giddy over uh, that, that stuff in, in our business. So uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. It's, it's great to be here. And uh, well, I, I definitely share your interest in robots and robotics. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, we can see the value of it and where they're going. You, you know, it's even today, uh, where robotics is, you know, feels a little bit like, uh, the first cell phones did, right? You know, if you, if you mm. I remember the bag phone, right? You kind of carried that big giant bag around, and and then you know the cell phone was, you know, you, you carried this luggy thing around, and they were they were they worked, but they weren't that great, and then and they were really really expensive, and then all of a sudden you had the portable one, and that thing still looked like some sort of military device, and then you know they they got smarter and smaller, and and today what we have it just it's, it's phenomenal the amount of technology we carry in our cell phone. And I feel like robotics is in that same spot. You know, we all know we, we, we love it. We all know that there are jobs that it's really easy for them to take over. Uh, or hold on, that's not the right word. It's, we, we want them to take over. And as we're starting to really get the process uh, for doing that, uh, you know, the hundreds of entrepreneurs, thousands of entrepreneurs that are going after it every day, uh, you know, we can start to see where that's going to make a difference. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. <clears throat> and... Um... Of course, there are there have been robots uh, in construction already in the 1960s in in Japan, for example, but somehow they never took off really. Uh, I guess because it's it's basically because they didn't have the infrastructure and the ecosystems that we are having now nowadays, which all with with all the uh, software developers and and so on, and all the technologies, AI and machine learning and computer vision and so on. So um, they didn't have all the all the other pieces of the puzzle, I, I would say. So so that's that's why we are now experiencing really really interesting uh, opportunities and seeing seeing robots already used uh, on on several sites. But to be honest, it's still early days. <laughs> No matter what, yes. You know, you can really see the difference where BIM technologies came in, right? Where, where you know, the, the, the ability for the digital world to, uh, you know, to measure the physical world and, and for the two of them to combine, right? Where, where BIM gives you the ability to really take uh, the physical environment, you know, copy that and, and, and whatever process they do to do that, you know, through, through uh, LIDAR or through whatever measuring techniques they need and being able to bring that, 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 that physical world into the digital world and then vice versa, right? We're starting to see those, you know, that, that, that communication between the two spaces uh, become clearer and clearer, right? And, and I think there's where the opportunity had, you know, having a robot was great, but the problem is it could only, it was static. It had to be stuck in one spot that it knew and you couldn't leave it unattended or let it go un unannounced without having some concern. 
Yes, and of course, most robots in, in today's uh, construction are uh, in manufacturing facilities used uh, pretty static uh, uh, doing some some re very uh, re repetitive work but uh, now we're we're seeing also robots that are actually on the construction sites are able to move around and and do things that uh, we humans used to do um, and um, uh, but but on about the on-site robots 90% of on-site robots are demolition robots. That, that was something that I learned when I was um, authoring my e-learning course on, on this topic. No, I, I got it. You were seeing the demo, demolition stuff happen. You know, just, I think that's a, that's a straight one because you've got the space stuff forward where, you know, if you make a mistake, it's not really a costly one as compared to uh, when you get into finish finishing stuff, but I, you know, I, I just had uh, the guys over from Hilti, those amazing group over at Hilti and their R and D department. And they've got, uh, they've got some stuff that's, that blew me away. They've got their new J bot robot that is now driving, you know, with their total station where, you know, now they can figure where, uh, you know, they have a datum to work off of right now. They're able to, to really look at the job site, you know, having a measurable spot uh, for everything to measure from, and now the JBot can go in there and and drill, you know, do the most tedious work. These, you know, these drilling up in these uh, in these high-rise buildings, the hundreds and hundreds of drills they have to do. Uh, now that JBot can do those, uh, you know, pretty automatically, uh, you know, using that total station. Yes, I've also also seen that in action, and it's really, really a new. Uh, kind of surprising application of robotics, to be honest. But also I've, um, I've experienced uh, Spot, uh, the robot dog uh, on, on sites, actually three times on, on different job sites. And uh, it's also very, very amazing. It can, you can uh, just teach it uh, to walk one route uh, once, and then it can autonomously uh, do the same route again but uh and also if there are any obstacles it can go around and and now it also has an arm it can open doors and and pick up things and for example do some adjustments and and so on so it's um really a new um, very interesting application for data collection for example you know i think that's a that's a straight one i saw the other day where spot was uh, has a communication device on it and you know, where it can go around a job site and communicate with the folks in the field. And, you know, as you know, so I, I can just see a future really quickly where, you know, a, a foreman could say, hey, spot, call spot to where they're at. And I need to communicate with the architect. Uh, hey, I, I, this detail number five is blah, 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 whatever's happening. Spot can look at it. The architect can look at it and they can make some revisions to whatever needs to happen in the instantaneous and have it right over to the person's uh, you know, iPad or whatever communication that the device they have on there. And you can really start to see the future superintendent being this, uh, you know, a, a robotic uh, a person, right? This robotic uh, a being that uh, can go around continuously and uh, give, give, you know, continuously give feedback to an office person or to, you know, someone who's uh, uh, managing multiple spots across the, across the, uh, you know their their construction world. Yes, uh, that, that's something that um, at least here in Finland we are companies are really studying, and and also uh, universities researching on this uh, area of 
what what they call uh, situational awareness of construction. So so robots can provide information for that uh, to to be um, realized. So it means that everybody on, on a on a project can constantly be aware of what's going on, who's doing what, and what's happening next, and what has already happened. So it gives a uh, a really good um, real-time picture of the construction process and that's something that we are, are here in Finland um, developing very very eagerly um, of right. course then there are there are robots also that can do some um, let's say uh, uh, for example uh, scaffolding or painting and pl plastering rendering um, um, some of the most maybe most interesting are those um, applications where you already have some machines doing work and you just automate those machines for example excavators uh, built robotics uh, turns excavators uh, into autonomous trenching robots and and there are companies like syracuse who who are uh, developing autonomous cranes tower, tower cranes so that's uh, also a very uh, interesting scenario no, no, it's it's amazing how uh... I, you know, the start of this, right? Being able to have, uh, you know, a, a site work uh, equipment that can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, we, uh, we interviewed some folks the other day that were doing, they're doing mining and uh, these autonomous mi mi mines that have, you know, dozens of trucks that are running around, you know, 23, 20, uh, I think you had 23 hours a day of unmanned vehicles that are working on a mine doing massive, massive amounts of, of earth removal and, and mining. And, you know, there's, you know, there's one person in a, in a, in a group that's, uh, that's watching them, watching over them. And then for an hour a day, they stop, they fuel them back up and, uh, you know, just recalibrate things. And, and uh, you, you can really start to see, you know, how efficient that is, right? You know, something that took dozens and dozens of people to do, you know, just a minute ago, uh, now is being done autonomously and, and and with much precision, right? And even in even taking what's an unsafe job site, you know, these some of these mines are out in the middle of nowhere, and just they're, they're not real safe places to work. Uh, collisions and falling off mountains and, and you know things that happen today, you know, this autonomy, this autonomy that it presented gives it, um, you know, it gives it a, a much safer place to be, and they don't get tired, right? There, there's not fatigue. There's not uh, this repetitive fatigue that humans get. Uh, you can really see how, you know, through robotics, we're making the world a safer place to live. Yes, and uh, robots all also allow us to remotely control uh, one or even several sites at once. One person can, for example, control like all the cranes on a on a large site uh, from a, from a control center. Uh, basically they are autonomous but the, the person has to perhaps resolve some issues if if the robot is not able to do that but that that's also very uh, a new uh, you can basically uh, coordinate the the process from 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 another country even so that's that's really interesting but with with that comes fear right with with all of this change all of, I mean, I, I get it all the time with, with, with a podcast. I get people, well, you're taking my job. Well, look, if a robot's taking your job, you probably had a pretty repetitive, simple job that wasn't very exciting to have, right? I mean, it, it, there's, there's this, we're going to stop developing because 
we've got people that have these jobs that they're afraid to take that next advancement or go somewhere that's way more exp- ex- uh, inspiring, right? You know, freeing them up to get out of this repetitive, you know, anything that robots doing today, it's a very repetitive, uh, consistent uh, application, which really takes a lot of the excitement, you know, the, the part of us as humans, that, that creativity part of us out of it. Yeah, that's that's right. And um, as I I saw somebody recently write about uh, how how she was looking out of the window and thinking humans shouldn't be doing that <laughs> because he saw how dangerous and how how uh, in efficient that work actually was. And and th- that's probably right. I I agree that one day we shouldn't do be uh, perhaps one day construction becomes more like like assembly uh, than than uh, doing something from uh, uh, from ground up uh, on on the site uh, for sure we're, we're seeing uh, those advancements happen where uh, much smarter right we're, we're able to do much smarter much faster taking people out of the, the places where there's risk for it you know the um, but each part of these things takes a little bit of learning, right? We're, we, as we go through this, you know, the, the problem is that everybody watched Terminator and now they're all afraid that this finger is going to come in at them at the end of the movie and going to try to get them right. They're all afraid of that, of that, of that, 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 that robot. And the truth is, as we go through this, for sure, there'll be some spots that we miss and we do have to pay attention. You know, we, we're hearing the warning signs of that today. You know, we don't want to get this in, into a place where, you know, people, don't pay attention to places that uh, could be concerning. But at the same time, I think we're more apt to see where robots are going to enhance our lives, just like everything else has. I mean, you know, you wouldn't go back and say, we don't need glasses anymore, right? I mean, you wouldn't go back in the world and say, well, augmenting our lives with glasses was a mistake. We should go back to walking around without glasses on. I, I, I do not want that. I'll be bumping into things all the time. And uh, today I can look at glasses and say, you know they're they're great. I you know it's been an augmentation in my life that's helped me see way better. I, I can I can read computer screens. I can I can do things that I I can I can see things I wouldn't have seen without them. And I think the same thing's happening with with robotics as we make these advances, as we make these changes, and we start to go in there. You know it, it's hard to see where it's going to take us. Right? I mean it's hard it's hard to know that. I mean I can't imagine when when the car was built, they could ever imagined Uber. Right? I, I can't imagine that the guy that's sitting on a horse, you know, uh, and all of a sudden a car comes by, they couldn't have imagined Uber. They, they cannot imagine that you'd hold this box in your hand and a magical, uh, you hit a couple of magical buttons and a car would show up. Uh, but today we, we've taken those advancements to places. And I think the same thing is going to happen with robotics and, and AI as we start to look at these technologies and we start to take the places where uh, there's life suckers out of us, the, the places where our are you know the, the work that you know isn't inspiring us right it's it's really putting us in spots where well you know people took it to be safe rather than inspired and uh you know now i think we're you know we'll see the ability to free that those people up to go do something that really is much much more inspiring for our world yes and and definitely we also have um, many problems in construction that uh everybody knows the problem of, of uh, productivity. So uh, recent research uh, in, in, in here in Finland and also elsewhere has shown that an average construction worker uses uh, just about 
30% of their time on the site uh, on value adding tasks. So 70% of what they are doing is not actually adding value, it's just waste, uh, time wasted, and, and of course, money wasted. And, and that's um, something that when robots can help us, they will increase the amount of value adding work uh, for everybody. And I, I think that's, that's a really um, interesting uh, feature and benefit uh, that we are going to see. And, and the, the other thing is that everybody's now very interested in, in sustainability and CO2 emissions and, and construction is notoriously bad in that in that and and i i think that uh, robotics prefabrication as, as you told as, as you said uh, accuracy uh, will lead to a situation we where we have much less uh, material waste than we are having nowadays so so much less stuff ends up in landfill uh, like like 13 percent of everything that you bring to a construction site ends up in landfill without ever being used. That, that's scary. <laughs> I, I think that number in itself is, should be enough to wake up the world. Hey guys, we can't keep building this way, you know, but you know, it, it sounds great to say that, you know, for, you know, we're a well-developed country, right? We got a lot of stuff out here and you're like, all right, maybe you guys could up the ante a little bit, but the, you get these small little developing, I was in Africa last year and, and beautiful, right? But the, the amount of development that's happening there you know, they're, they're like, hey, let we, you guys wasted all that energy building your country and you got away with it. Now you want us to do all this eco-friendly stuff. You know, we want that cheap construction build out, you know, the cheap materials and we're going to waste some stuff. And, you know, it's hard to get everybody on the same appetite. But, I, you know, I think what we're seeing is, you know, especially here uh, in the States, the 13% the of the material that just gets wasted on a job site, that doesn't even take into consideration before we even start construction, right? I mean, if, if, we, if we look at our business, before we start a project, let's just take a, let's just take a $400,000 build out of a restaurant, right? Let's say it's a, we're gonna build a small little sandwich shop, we're gonna spend $400,000 to do that, right? And now we're gonna invite five contractors to come bid that. It takes my company, it takes our company, you know, it's probably somewhere between five and 10,000 bucks to go bid a project properly, right? To get to get all of our subs to go out there, to get the time, to get our team to go out there, to go look at the site, to go do bring the estimates in. You know, we have probably 25 or so different subs on contractors on a project. And on each one of those line items, we're, we're getting several bids for each line item. Let's say that it cost us 10 grand, right? Let's say that there's 25 subcontractors and it's costing each one of those Let's just imagine they have to stop their day, print the prints out, go do an estimate on it. They got to communicate back and forth with the client to, to with us to try to win the bid. Let's say it costs them, you know, a thousand to two thousand bucks. There's twenty five of them. That's fifty grand. But you know what? We also we also have three of them per line item. So so now now you've got you know fifty grand times three. That's hundred fifty thousand bucks. We've spent ten. They got hundred fifty thousand bucks. Oh, by the way, they've now called supply houses. Right, so now they have 25, 25 subs times three, that's 75 subs, all calling other supply houses to get their material to take off. We haven't started construction yet, and you can see the amount of waste we have. And by the way, when we bid this thing, Arnie, you said I could do it for, you could do it for 10. I said I could do it for nine. Some other yo-yo comes in and says they can do it for eight. Someone lied along the way to get the job. So all the work that we've done, 
right? All the effort we put in before we even got the job, we've have the two thirds of the people are, are you know uh, four of the contractors are going to lose the the project. There's four 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 groups. Four groups of of twenty five subs times three are going to lose the project. You might have some repetitive subs that bid on multiple things, but those people are going to lose it. How much? How much? What's that costing our? What's what's that costing our world in 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 environmental impact? Uh, just just in that that aspect alone. So a lot of the stuff that we're doing in this business is kind of set up to uh, to make it much much you know very difficult. Definitely yes, and and our the way we have uh, developed the whole system, all the agreements and all the all all the um, ways of of bidding and and. And, and so it, it ends up in having huge change orders, for example, and, and the contractors hoping that they will make it up <laughs> with change orders in the future. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we have some what, what we could call structural problems in the industry, which uh, basically make it very difficult to be sustainable and efficient and productive. Yeah, I. I I'm, I think that everybody's aware of that. But the question, of course, is who should start the change? How, how can we change it? And there have been companies have, who have tried to rethink the whole process uh, and also use uh, prefabrication robotics and so on. Uh, for example, we had Katera uh, who, who tried to somehow reimagine the industry a little bit like uh, a technology company would, but unfortunately, they they were not fortunate uh, in their efforts. But uh, I'm sure that we will see more new new entrants coming, and also perhaps, hopefully, the existing uh, incumbents to to rethink the process. Um, everybody's in the industry saying that, of course, it's up to the clients to to require uh, change and and so on, but. I would say that we should also, uh, among ourselves, uh, start doing something and not just waiting that somebody else is going to require us to change. Well, I, you know, the the hard part is, you know, I, our business is so plagued by, you know, we're, we're, we're so our margins are so thin. By the time we go through this process, no one has the extra bandwidth to do it. Right? We're all looking. I mean, I don't know anybody. If you come to our company, there's not a project manager out there who's got an extra minute. They're all heads down, working their behinds off. You know, our business is not. You know, you know, it, it's it's it takes a lot of hard work to do this business. It's, I'd say it's one of the hardest working environments to be in. You know, but but you, we can start to see some things that make some sense. We we start to notice, right, that uh, a lot of the stuff we start with is where the the dilemma starts. You know, we start to look at, um, you know, more than ever before. The amount of information we gather before we start a project, right? Someone's idea is that, oh, we're going to skimp on an architect or we're going to skimp on site surveys or we're going to skimp on environmental uh, uh, surveys. And we start with bad information, right? Oh, well, I, I find a discount guy to uh, do this. Instead of doing 20 borings, I do four. I'll just get the corners of the building, right? And then all of a sudden we get in the middle of construction Right. When every, remember, everybody's bid to their, to, their, to their nothing, and they're all counting on this thing going perfectly for them to make a, eke out a little bit of a margin. And they get in the middle of the project and they find right in the middle of the building, there's a, I don't know, an Indian burial ground. Right now, now, now we're all like, ah, right? No one yeah, knows. I've been there. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> we're, 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 all, we're all like, you know, now, 
talk about losing money, right? We're now we're yeah. really hurt. And instead of doing the work up front and, and then, you know, what's really even more funny is we gather all that information about a site. And then as soon as we're done with construction, all of it goes in the trash, right? I mean, here, you, you try to try to go back and get some historical data about a, a building that was built uh, somewhere. Maybe you're lucky and you find some rolled up plans in a corner of a basement somewhere. But today we're starting to notice that, okay, blockchain technology is coming out. You know, this, this uh, cryptocurrency was really brought in a cool, you know, this, this blockchain technology. And you can see how all the information about a building could stay with the building forever from here on out. Right. We, we start to look at everybody that worked on it, all the materials that we brought to it, all the things we learned about it, how we could take all of the technology, everything we've learned about that. And what's been plagued our business is that, especially around here, we, we, we learned something in the business and then we finish a project. And then what happens, here's actually what it feels like to me. We all get this like amnesia, like somebody goes and wipes our brains free of all the information we learned. We just learned all this great stuff about how to do things smart. I will never do that again. And, you know, we do it again. We, we go to the next project and we show up and we don't communicate all those learnings to the next one. And you can see how maybe, just maybe we, we, with some of this technology we're bringing to the table, we could learn a little bit better. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, a couple of days ago, I was just discussing the same sub subject with a friend of mine. And he said that we should now start moving away, away from uh, project thinking towards product thinking. So that we are thinking that we are creating products and we can, as, any, as it, with any product, you can also develop products and learn and like for example take an take a take an iphone for example what was the first iphone like what is the today's iphone like we see we have seen huge progress so why doesn't that happen with with our buildings well we've 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 most of it's because we sucked all of the margins out of it and there's no room for thought right we just heads down i mean if you look at most architects most architects build the exact material, they, they have like one toolbox, they open it up, they go, oh, look, I got metal studs, I got drywall, I've got uh, these footings, and they, they, they build such a similar design, and every once in a while they go, oh, look, I made a cute facade, right? They'll, they'll go, oh, I went out of my way and I built a facade or, or, or one or two beautiful rooms. And the problem is it becomes so, they, they can't veer too far off of it, especially in this country. We have so many damn codes and code requirements that anytime they veer anywhere off of the fairway to do something really creative and amazing, you know, there's some inspector that's in their Gatukas, uh busting their chops about, uh, about it. And it, they, they, it's like, they get slapped on the hand so many times. They're like, I'm not doing that again. I just want to get in, get out. I didn't get paid enough fees to, to do this. All right. Cause they, they didn't get, they didn't get paid to do something creative. They, 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 they need to make money. They need to feed their families like I do. Right. So they, they get stuck and they, so they, what did they do? They go to their toolbox and they go that this worked. So they do the same thing over and over again. And then we all wonder why we're bored to death by the buildings that are getting built and uh, you, we're, we're lifeless and not inspired, right? Our, why our cities look like these form, form built buildings that, uh, don't, that don't move, touch and inspire us. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a, a global problem, I, I guess. And, um, but uh, for example, we have now tools like um, parametric design and uh, digital fabrication uh, fabrication that we can use to create 
totally new types of architectures and, and new types of experiences. Uh, but unfortunately, those are still pretty much pilot projects and 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 the mass uh, of the, the 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 big mass is still pretty much standard standard stuff even though we now have the tools to basically um uh, tailor any any space and any building and any facade to the the to different uh, requirements and and so on but uh, maybe as you said it's this uh, risk-averse uh, business where everybody wants to minimize their risks and nobody's really capable of taking any, any risks. You know, I, uh, I was just in Dubai. I went out there for that World Expo thing. And it was really amazing, right, to see the World Expo. They had, uh, and, and I think what Dubai is doing was really lit up some ideas for me. You know, uh, the king who's got an amazing vision, the, the, the king of Dubai over there, he's, he's got the chic. Uh, he's got this uh, amazing vision for his country, right? And, and it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that he's got some oil money to help out in creating. You know, hey, we all have great ideas when we have an extra pocket full of money, uh, right? I, I, I'm really creative when I'm loaded with cash, right? Uh, I can come up with all kinds. So, in, but here, to his, to his, uh, to his, you know, glory, uh, Dubai has really been a creative. He's taken architects from around the world and brought the best of the best. And each place that has some innovative ideas, you know, I was in the Museum of the Future, and that museum is the most amazing-looking building I have ever seen. It is the most unique, it is customized. It, it, it just the work that he's done on that, uh, you know, the, the the buildings that they're building over there inspire my soul. Right, you can really see where a, a, a city can be so much more beautiful than what we've what we've let people get away with. And maybe that may or may not like get away with. I, I, that's probably a little harsh, right? To say I let them get away. Most of it's kind of been out of out of necessity, right? Uh, but now it's it's inspiring, right? To go, wow, if you can do that, what can we do, right? Where where could we go with some of these ideas? Yes, and uh, we started talking about robots, uh, and I think that robotics is also one of the elements that will allow us. To build these wonderful buildings because uh, we can combine the digital model and the uh, physical uh, construction where in, in a totally new way uh, in fact this friend of mine said that instead of thinking about digital twins of the of the physical world we should start thinking of the physical world as a digital as, as a physical twin <laughs> to the to the uh, digital uh, model so uh, maybe well, that's something yeah, <laughs> I like her. I love that. Right, right, right. Because it seems so much easier. But 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 you could see that. We, I I think that's a great way. To, I mean, that's a great inspiration right there to, to look at it and go. Maybe we're the opposite, right? I mean, I'm I'm over here barking all the time about how could anybody be doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, 2D drawings anymore? Stop, right? Why is not everything? In, why is not every single building that's built today in in a Revit type software where you know every component is understood? Uh, you know, I, I hear the people in this office that are watching this right now, their ears bleed because I argue about this conversation every single day. It's just it's 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 time. Right. And for those companies that are out there that are not embracing this technology because it's too hard for the couple of people that can't make that evolutionary or jump. Uh, it's like, right, great. Listen, if we listen to that technology, that, that frame of thought, we'd all be living in caves. Right. But today I really do enjoy driving an electric car because somebody had the, you know, the, the gumption to go out there and go, yeah, electric cars are going to work. 
well, well how, how are you going to do that? Well, I, I might have to put some electric char charging stations around this country, and I might have to do that. And, and by the way, I'm going to make cars that last a million miles. And, you know, there's going to be, we've got to be brave and go out there and, and take those jumps. It's, it's uh, you know, when, when, when I see it, like when I see countries like or places like Dubai that, that, uh, that do that, um, and it, that inspires me, right? It inspires me and uh, hopefully the people around us to continue to be bold and brave uh, to go after those kind of things. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, electric cars and, and uh, I would ha not have imagined, let's say six months ago that now today uh, by my house, uh, I see robots delivering groceries every day, uh, dozens of robots and 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 they they are just like now we are getting used to those they are just uh part of the of, of the of, of the landscape so to speak <laughs> so uh that that's also that just happened that's amazing so, so so you order your groceries right you you go you go yeah. on you order your groceries and boom, 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 a, a robot shows up behind your house or to your door with all yeah. the groceries in a cart and you just unload them yeah yeah i i just use the app to open the the lid and take the groceries out and then it actually plays a little melody for me <laughs> and you can cho actually choose the music that it plays before you order <laughs> so um uh, that's that's really amazing um oh, I, 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 look that, that's what's inspired you know uh, i was with the folks from uh from uh from one of the pizza chains here in town uh, and they're building delivery vehicles that make pizza on the way to your house so you'll order pizza right and their, their whole goal is to have pizzas delivered in under eight minutes. Imagine nightmare. Imagine you're sitting there with your kids. They're all screaming. You just got home from a soccer game. And all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at all the choices for dinner. Uh, and you got one that says eight minutes. And you got little Johnny or little Betty over there, you know, tired from soccer. And they're like, well, I want to eat now. Pizza may not be the perfect thing to eat, but but it's eight minutes. And mom's looking at go, or dad's looking at going, <laughs> boom. I'm going to have three of these pizzas delivered in eight minutes. And, you know, there's, there to me is what, what's inspiring. You, you start to really start to see opportunity where a robot is now making a pizza on its way to you and, uh, you know, delivering it to, to your house hot and fresh in eight minutes. That's, that's, that, that's the kind of thinking that uh, leapfrogs uh, where we've been. It's, it's not the same old thing better. It's not, you know, for years they were trying to work on a 30 minute delivery and they're like, well, if we get to 29, we're great. No, this is, this is a leapfrog. This is 29 to, to eight, right? That's a, that's a, that's a distinct difference in the way that we, uh, we, we manage uh, process in you know, the process for that. Right? It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And you can imagine that perhaps one day on a construction site, a robot can deliver your tools and your whatever materials you're working with or all, all the panels and so, so on. Because nowadays uh, construction workers use a, a lot of time actually I, I it's tens of pro percent of their time just fetching things uh, and and trying to find where the where the stuff is <laughs> I, 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 two things we've learned is move deliveries to where the people are and move the porta potty closer to you right? i mean nothing worse than having a porta potty someone said well that's a convenient spot for the porta potty guy to come pick it up at you're like great but now we have 150 workers on a job site going 25 minutes over to the other side of the job site to go to a porta potty and if we just move them to the floors they're working on or the places they're at, uh, we could find a crane that can deliver to the porta potty guy a little bit efficient. So uh, we start to learn, you know, that, that's the stuff where 
Um, I, th I think the breakthrough is as we look at artificial intelligence in the design world, right? As, as architects really become creators of ideas, maybe even inspired by the digital world. I, I love that because I, I, before this podcast, I never thought that way. This, this, you've moved my, my need. I love when that happens. Like there's a trigger that just happened in my brain. I was like, man, how about having the digital world inspire the physical world? I, I never even, that wasn't something I thought about. So, you know, all of a sudden AI can now look at something in the digital world and now create designs and plans to do that. But not only that, but as it, as it designs it, it can go to the specifications and look for the best products, not just the toolbox that they had before, but start to look at materials and delivery and availability that will match the schedule and the long-term benefit of the, of the project rather than the, you know, the short-term benefit of an architect getting a project done on a budget, right? Looking at what's the right product, what's the availability, what's gonna work for this. So as it's designing it, Right, it's pull. It's pulling from the entire marketplace. Where's the product at? How fast can I get it here? What's the travel time from there? It can, you know, right now, you and I might be able to do one or two aspects of that. We might be able to take a, a, a part or piece of of those ideas and maybe go look and go. All right, uh, I can get drywall from this plant over here. I can get cement from this plant over here. You might get to let's say thirty aspects of a, of a design. This can now, you know, uh, AI will be able to do hundreds and hundreds of of aspects of of synergies that will work for for design uh, as it gets developed. I, I see that being a, a great opportunity. Yes, and um, um, by the way, I I have my own podcast also, and I interviewed a couple of months ago a guy from Finland who whose company is uh, developing a, a, a metaverse. <laughs> they they actually they they built a an island in the metaverse and now they are selling uh land you can buy land on that island and and develop your own projects there whatever you want of course they have some rules but still uh, and and it's amazing that now people are because because they are not happy with with the physical world they are actually going to the metaverse and imagine uh, and realize their ideas there which is uh, amazing <laughs> You know, I, I would tell you that when people were talking about the metaverse, I thought to myself, this is a year ago. I'm like, you know, those are those gamer kids or those those people that play video games. That sounds cute. And but we're never going to do that. That's never going to happen. And and about uh, six months ago, one of my nephews, uh, it was his birthday and I bought him an Oculus and I, and I said to him and he's like, Uncle, this is great. I love this thing. It's great. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I don't know what he loves about it so much. And I, I went and bought one and I just, I, here, I just can't be a month. I've had this, uh, this thing. And I can tell you right now, I see it. I can see it. It's an amazing, it's, you know, for me, I love traveling. I love discoveries. And that Oculus gives me the ability to go and discover things I've never seen before in moments, right? I can, I, I, I was traveling the, the, the mountain plains and and cities and and traveling in 3D worlds where I could I could be I could travel uh, there and I had an amazing experience with my family we we could talk about it together and we I could today it's something I couldn't see and and I think that as we start to get to that environment where people start to see uh, what this metaverse thing is going to is going to be like you know for sure there are places where as silly as it sounds 
to buy land in a made up in a made up world is it's going to be something that uh, people are going to love doing. It's going to, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, a, a space that you can't see it from here. Just like the, just like the, just like the stagecoach operator, they couldn't see the, they couldn't see, uh, uh, you know, uh, Uber when the first car came by. A lot of people can't see, see what that's going to happen now. But uh, once you put that, those lenses on and you start to live and step into it, I mean, I'm only a couple of weeks into it and I am, blown away by uh where this is going uh you know uh I, i've got a, a partner i work with in india and I'm, I'm leaving for vacation today but he said like look look when you get back from vacation i want to meet in the metaverse i'm like where, where? so I, i've i've this morning i scheduled my first meeting in the metaverse for when i get back from vacation which i'm like i get ready look that, that, that's something that wasn't available to me you know a couple of weeks ago right so uh I think that's what's fun about where we're going. And if we stand, if we get out of the fear part of it, like, oh my God, the finger is going to come at me at the end, right? If we, that, that's the fear part. If we really get into the excitement of where this is taking us, the, the, the unlimited opportunities for development, it gets pretty, it gets pretty damn exciting. Yeah, I was, today before this interview, I was just thinking about um, that, that how important visionaries and, and people with visions is in any industry and also in our industry. And I, I remembered how, why, actually the reason why we are now sitting here, why I'm, I'm here, is because of uh, a guy, uh, Professor Eric Krogstrom, an architect. He was a um, Second World War, uh, Second, uh, World War veteran who uh, is a Finnish guy, uh, was a Finnish uh, architect, and he studied in um, in the mid 1950s at Berkeley University, and he saw computers there. For uh, I I don't know what kind of computers they were, but basically being used for some sort of design work. And he got so excited that 30 years later, <laughs> he um, wanted to have his own computer at his office. And and I was one of the lucky uh, persons to be invited in uh, to work there and to develop those systems. And, and we were pioneering here uh, in the Nordics uh, with, with our projects. And, and it was because of that guy, one guy had seen something and got so fascinated. Uh, and, and then, I, I, and he, he, he drew together, together a group of people and architects and, and, and every one of us were part of that change that is now now happening, and and so visionaries, uh, individuals with with courage, yeah. is is terribly it's it's really important. Even though we have all this technology, no, it, it's uh, it, it will continue to be inspiring. You, you know, uh, uh, you've got me inspired with the courses that you're running. You, you know, the uh, the classes that you're doing with uh, with robotics. T tell me about how did you set that up? But what was the thinking you had? And, and how's that starting to lay out? How, how are those uh, coming together? How are those meetings coming together? And uh, uh, how's that performing? Well, uh, yes, I, uh, I, I, I um, because I, I said, as I said, I have some experience in robotics uh, firsthand here in, in, in Finland. And I thought that perhaps one of the things that we need to know is uh, how much is hype uh, about robots, what is hype and what is reality and what, and what can we expect. And, and that's why I started to uh, interview people, interview de developers and, and the people who are researching these things, uh, 
doing research on these things. And uh, I just started collecting information and formulating it in, into an e-learning course. So, so basically, it's, um, it's something that you can uh, take uh, whenever you want. And, but we are also, also augmenting it with uh, real uh, live uh, discussions with developers and, and people who are using the robot. So, so if, you, if you want to first to get an, an idea and, and grasp the uh, idea what robots are, what can, they can do and what, what's available right now, you can, you can go and sign up for the course. And, and once you're there, we can invite you to, to join us live. Uh, to to uh, certain um, interviews and and discussions with developers, uh, and um, that's uh, one part of what I've, I've also done uh, live uh, live uh, teaching on online and consulting, of course. And the pandemic it it really uh, opened up new opportunities because I am I've been a management consultant for many years helping companies devise technology business and innovation strategies and uh, suddenly I had to start doing it remotely and it has worked out pretty well I would say now my my clientele is not just here in Finland but also elsewhere in the world so it's really interesting and inspiring, and I'm I'm hoping to do more more of this e-learning type of thing. It's just perhaps one of the first that I've done now, um, so I I think I'll expand that idea in in the future. You know the uh, you have inspired me. I, I uh, our pre-interviews, our talks together. You know what what your amount of knowledge you have around the robotics and AI and and uh, uh, where this world's going. Your vision of it is. Uh, it's great. It's inspiring, right? You you you've got a vision that is uh, uh, that's that's worth worth tapping into, and I I certainly want to have you on this show over and over again. I just you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours. If uh, if people want to get a hold of you, Arnie, and and uh, and 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 have these conversations, like I get to have with you, uh, where do they get to get where do they catch up with you? Well, I think that if they are interested in construction innovation and technology. Uh, just go to aec-business.com. You can find me there, and of course on LinkedIn, I'm I'm there. Uh, but aec-business.com is the the place to start, and and you can see everything I'm I'm doing there. And I have also a podcast and uh, blog blog that is now almost. It was on the twelfth of this month. It 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 turned ten years old. Wow. So it's, <laughs> I can't imagine 10 years. I'm like, I'm a newbie compared to you guys. That's, that's inspired 10 years. What's the name? Let's, let's get, uh, let's get some shout out for that podcast. What's the name of the podcast? So it is AEC business. So architecture, engineering, construction, AEC, AEC, AEC business. Yeah. All right. Great. Uh, Where's that? Where, where can we get that? What, uh, what platforms? Uh, it was, it's, I think iTunes, Google, Spotify, and others. I, I'm, I'm not sure even it's, it's all over the place, I, I guess. Nice. But, uh, well, you can find it. Yeah. Arnie, I got to tell you, I love this conversation. You inspire me. Your work is carries depth and weight. Your knowledge of this business is, is uh, wonderful. I am, uh, I, I leave, I, you know, there's an expression that my friend says, uh, my cup runneth over. And uh, I, I want to step further and say, I drink from the saucer. Right, you know, you know, we're having tea. My cup, my conversation with you was just really robust. I love where you're going. Your passion for the business is wonderful. I'm grateful to have you on our show. I look forward to having you on some more. 
Uh, if you, I know you're busy. I'd love to have you on more uh, whenever you, whenever you can. I, I'll, I'll take all the time I can get with you, and uh, I'm grateful for this. So, so thanks for being on. Well, it has been a real pleasure for me as well, and and I can, as I said, I have a podcast, and perhaps you could also be a, be a guest on my podcast one day. I've, I've heard any here anytime I'm on uh, my team. Has, that's my gauntlet. Hey, uh, audience, you guys know that uh, how much I love you, and I'm grateful for all the service that you you're on, and and uh, you know it means the world to us when you when you like and subscribe. So if you could take a second and just do that now, please. It. Uh, it means the world to me. It just uh, it gives me some uh, knowledge that we're hitting the right stuff. If you have comments, no matter what they are, please take a second and put the comments down below. Uh, we try to respond to all of them, and we're grateful for all the things that uh, our audience does for us. So thank you very much for, for listening today. And Arnie, brother, I'm, I'm grateful for the time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.